your neighbor obey. Submit. So tonight I'm going to go ahead and have you open your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to get into the Romans road. Amen. And I've titled this message, Freedom, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Godliness. Since it's 4th of July. And... Uh, how many know that there's uh, he who the Son sets free, we are free indeed. And Romans 12 gives us a good setup and explanation of how to live not only a godly life and godliness, but how many know in living in godliness, we also live in freedom. Some people think, well, there's too many rules in the Bible. It's too hard to follow godly principles. It's too hard to follow the exampleship of Jesus Christ. And yes, it is. It ain't easy. But in being able to uh, carry that cross and be that Christian, then we also be able to experience that freedom as well. How many can say amen? Let's open with two verses there. I'm going to try to teach a little bit tonight. So I'm going to behave. Verse 1 and verse 2 of chapter 12. Paul the Apostle says, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say, be transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight that in Jesus' name that you would allow this month as there will be many expository teachings and preachings of your word from the book of Romans that, Lord, we would understand the greatest gift that you have given to us and that's the gift of your mercy, grace, and our salvation here today. We bless you and praise you. Have your Holy Spirit have its way tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So today we, we understand that in Romans 12, and, and let me just set it up a little bit, because chapters 1 through 11 begins to break down and explain to us that uh, our salvation, it begins to explain the gift of salvation through faith. And if you read chapter 1 through chapter 11, you start to understand the doctrines of justification and, and so forth, and what the work that Jesus Christ did for our lives. And all of that work was a free gift. It was free. It was something that was offered to us that we didn't, we didn't choose, we didn't earn it, we didn't accept it. How many know that it was about Jesus Christ who, who called us by name and separated us and gave us this wonderful gift called salvation? Are there any people who are free here tonight? So chapter 12 begins to turn into a new chapter, a new direction. When you read chapter 1 through 11, it's more doctrine, it's more understanding about what salvation is, the principles of salvation. But when you go into chapter 12, it's about application. It's where you really start to put down, get down and the, and the tires begin to meet the road. It's where we start to say, okay, listen, now it's our part. Kind of like the promises of Isaiah to Victory Outreach. Can I get an Amen. God promised us the treasures out of darkness, and then he, then comes the next scripture where we need to enlarge the places of our tent. All of this begins to be a part of application, applying what God has promised to us in the beginning. 
So today, we're going to begin to exposit some of this. And, and here it says, to present, our, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Paul is emphasizing here. He's saying, listen, I urge you. I, I, I plead with you. I'm trying to tell you, let's, let's go ahead by the mercies of God. He broke it down for 11 chapters. The salvation, the gift of our salvation. How we have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Hello, somebody. How we have been freed and God has delivered us and set us free. And that gift of salvation was a gift of God that we have not earned. We got to really understand this because Paul here is not telling them you have to present yourself. It's not a requirement. That's why we look in the church today, there's not a lot of people living as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto the Lord. We've seen a lot of men and women who go to church and, and they go through the religious motions, but they're not really living according to the standard of God's word. They're, they're still living worldly lifestyles in the church. You hear me? And so that's why Paul here, you can almost feel the emphasis. He's, he's begging and pleading with the people. He's saying, so therefore, people, by the mercies of God, think about the mercy that God has given to us. Think about the richness of that mercy, that even though we make mistakes, even though we sin against God, yet still the mercy of God is made new every single morning. And so because of that, Paul is emphasizing, let us present our bodies. When he says the word bodies there, it's talking about our whole being. He's not just talking about the physical, because how many know that the inner man begins to direct the outer man? Our bodies begin to do and indulge in things that it's like whatever the issues of the heart is, hello, the mouth speaks. Whatever the mind thinks, that begins to direct our steps. That's why he says, therefore, let your bodies be living in holy sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Then he goes and he says, do not be conformed to the pattern of the world. Now, when we talk about the pattern of the world, it's not only talking about those vices that we have been set free from. The pattern of the world is not talking about just indulging in our sinful nature. Think about the pattern of the world. A, a pattern is like a sketch. When you have a pattern, you have the pattern of the, the, the Reach Night and, and the Victory Outreach logo. It's a pattern that has been inscribed and, and, and it's there. And so we got to understand that the pattern of the world begins to tell us how to live our lives. See, the pattern of the world is how the world is living. How the world is doing what they're doing, the compromises and the different things and, and the, even the, the resistance of God in the church and the resistance of God in the schools and the resistance of God in the government. Can I get an amen? The pattern of the world is it's going through a pattern. It's going through a, a, a time of where we got to also understand we cannot conform to that pattern anymore. How do we not conform though? Because the, the conforming to the pattern of the world says, listen, you gotta do this and you gotta do that. You gotta earn to get ahead. You gotta continue to focus and do this. You see, we gotta understand you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. There's only gonna be one king in our lives. And, and to many of us, sometimes that king can take a different form. But nevertheless, we're gonna serve somebody. 
Come on, Willie G. You're going to serve somebody. You're going to serve something in your life today. And the, if we're going to conform to the pattern, that means we're going to begin to take on the same pattern that everybody else in this world is living. And what's going to separate us? What's going to be able to set, a, set us apart from the rest of everybody else? You see, just because you're not doing drugs anymore doesn't mean that you are living according to the, the word of God. Just because you're, not, you're no longer hooked and bound and, and controlled by the sinful desires of your flesh does not mean that you have been transformed. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hello, somebody. You see, there has to be a renewing. Transform means it's, it comes from the root word metamorphosis. We got to go through a process of renewing, a process of rewashing, a process of rewiring, and even reprogramming. Can I get an amen? There is a process that's got to take place. We either conform or we transform. That's the way it is. Paul here is urging him, please. Present your bodies, present your whole being, your innermost man, your thoughts, your heart, your life, everything. Let it be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Because this is your acceptable act of worship. You see, God is not impressed with just the, the money we put in the basket. Hello? Although that does move our faith and it, it, it is an example of our faith towards God. Hello? Hello? But God wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We got to also understand that even in verse 3, it says this. For though through the grace given to me, Paul says, I say to every man among you, victory outreach, heart of the bay. Not to think more highly of yourself than he ought to think. But to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Now this is pretty powerful statement here. Because as I was thinking and praying about this throughout the day, I was thinking about how many times every single day each one of us begin to compare ourselves to someone else. In our minds, we continue to look at people, judge them for, by the way they drive. Hello, somebody. We judge them by the way they talk. We look at people and we begin to compare ourselves into them and we begin to think of ourselves as a, a more highly than we should. we got to have sound judgment, people of God. Can I get an amen? Sound judgment means wisdom. Let us understand that we are only who we are today because of Jesus Christ. That was Paul's message. By the grace given to me, let us remember it was only by God's grace that we came into church tonight. It was only by God's grace that I slipped into the men's home back in 1995 from the county of Alameda jail. Hello, somebody. It was by the grace of God that Jesus Christ died for me, even though I was a persecutor and I, and, I, and I refused that there was a God, even though I began to push God away and live my sinful lifestyle. But guess what? How many know that it was by God's grace that I was able to come and be able to repent and be washed and forgiven and loved by the power of God? Think about it. Don't forget where you came from. 
Because a lot of Christians today are continuously lifting themselves up inside of their mind. Think about how many thoughts throughout the day you might even think like that. Comparing yourselves to others and even belittling others in, in, because you think they're less than you. You see, we can't be thinking that ourselves are higher. And we also can't be thinking ourselves are lower. You see, Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 7, he talked about the thorn in the flesh. And he did this because he was, he was proclaiming how he prayed and asked God to remove it, but God said no, because you need to have this so that you will know that my grace is sufficient for your life. We need to remember today that we should not exalt ourselves or even think highly about ourselves so much that we forget about the mercy and grace of God. You see, if we think too highly of ourselves, then we think we don't really need to change. Hello. We think because we changed 24 years ago, because God changed me 20 years ago, because God changed me 15 years ago, I don't need to go to church all the time now. I don't need to change. I'm already changed. Wrong. Listen, we got to understand that there are a lot of battles that Christians face today, and the battle is up here. Well, a lot of Christians are conforming to the world today. Why? And that's how the Bible says it. Listen, you're either hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, God will spit you out. we got to be careful. We all need to change. We have not yet arrived. Can I get an amen? we got to understand that this race that we are running, just like Paul says, I run in such a way that I will receive the prize and that I will beat my flesh under subjection unless I get disqualified myself after preaching everyone else. The Apostle Paul himself even said, listen, I don't want to be disqualified after all that. Think about it today. It's not how good you can preach. It's not how good you can sing. It's not how good you can do ministry. It's not how good you can dress or look or drive or do. Hello, somebody. It ain't even how good you can rap. Hello, somebody. Don't think that you're all that. Because listen, when you begin to think you're all that, pride comes before destruction. Paul was there stressing, come on, don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed. Tell your neighbor, be transformed. For each has been given a measure of faith. We got to realize, and then he goes in and starts to explain, for just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we are also many are one body in Christ. And individually members one of another. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each exercise them accordingly. If the prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Sometimes we get caught up thinking, oh, I can teach better than him. I can preach better than him. I can do this better than them. Why are they the ones that God's using? I should be there. You see, it's not about what you can do or all that. 
It's who you are on the inside. God begins to set down and raise up. God chooses who he uses. Hello, somebody. That's why we got to work on live, being living sacrifices. Sacrificing of ourself. Sacrificing of our desires, our plans, our, our future. Everything needs to be in God's hands because that's when we prove what the will of God is. When we finally nail it all to the cross. And we say, God, you're in full control. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know if you want me to be a pastor, an evangelist, a, a missionary, whatever it is. I want you to be the one that will ordain my steps. Because how many know there are a lot of people struggling and wrestling with God, trying to, to fulfill their calling and their purpose. But how many know that be, just because they feel like that's what they should be doing, sometimes that ain't what God called them to do. And so they wrestle year after year after year after year. Until finally they get a dislocated hip. Can I get an amen? You see, if we think too highly of ourselves, we will feel like, man, I don't need to change. I'm good. I don't need to go to reach night. I just go on Sunday morning. I'm good. I don't need to change. I don't need to go to the altar. I'm a pastor. I don't need to go to the altar. Hello, I'm the head usher. I don't need to go to the altar. I'm the worship director. Hello, I don't need to go to the altar. I'm all good. It's okay. I don't need to change. I'm all right. Or those who think too lowly of themselves also. In Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, God says, My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. You see, the transformation begins to happen by the renewal of our mind when we allow God to put his thoughts into us. And we stop trying to tell God what our thoughts are. You see, we each have a measure of faith, church. We each have a place of service that God wants to call us to. None are greater than the other. Just do everything you do as unto the Lord, the Bible says. Let us be transformed. Our thoughts need to be God's thoughts. We need to understand that it needs to be placed inside of us today. You see, chapter 1 through 11 begins to talk about the freedom and the liberty of God. But we got to be the ones to start to pursue godliness. You see, this is the thing is, here in this chapter, it begins to give us the keys to freedom. It tells us a lot of things that are hard to do. But let us understand that these things, when applied to the best of our ability, you'll start to have a freedom in life. And guess what? People will not always, you know, be wrestling with you. How many can say amen? People will begin to, after a while, they might persecute you in the beginning, but after a while, they might begin to look at you and say, hey, that's an honorable man or an honorable woman. Why? Because they're living a godly lifestyle. It's not always popular in the beginning. Hello, somebody. Verse 9, I'm going to go ahead and move on. Let love be without hypocrisy, he says. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. You see that statement, let love be without hypocrisy. It's almost like a, a, a punch in the face. Because why would Paul say let love be without hypocrisy? Because there are a lot of forms of love in this world today. People might tell you they love you, but guess what? Why are they telling you they love you? 
the motive of the heart begins to prove if it's, a, if it's love with, with hypocrisy or not. You see, those that continue to run the race to serve people, to love people, to, to present themselves as living sacrifices day in and day out, year after year, that are still running for the Lord and still serving the Lord, no matter how many people might backbite and talk about them and chismis about them, guess what? Those are the people who are still loving without hypocrisy because why? Love covers a multitude of sin. And when it's without hypocrisy, my friend, it's because deep down inside, their motive is pure because they just want to serve and honor God. Those are the people who understand chapter 1 through 11. Those are the people who understand the, the wonderful grace and mercy that God has given to them. Paul says, I urge you, come on, church. Let's do this. Tell your neighbor, let's do this. He says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints. Practicing hospitality. All of those things begin to prove that your love is without hypocrisy. All of those things will be fruits of a genuine Godly love. A love that has changed the inner man. A love that understands without God, I'm a mess. Without God, I would not be here today. The world continues to, 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 to go one direction, but guess what? I'm going to continue to allow my mind to be renewed day after day because the world wants to preach a doctrine into my life and I got to continue to battle and fight and continue to use the sword of the Spirit to divide the things of the world and of the Spirit. Can I get an amen? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and curse not. Are you ready for that? You see, we're talking about pursuing godliness. You see, we got to understand, the longer you continue to allow people to hurt and offend you, you're still a slave. You're still in bondage. You're still living the same way as the world. You're going according to the pattern of the world that says, an eye for an eye. You ouch me, I'll ouch you back. Hello, somebody. That's what we got to realize that, listen, the word of God continues to tell us, bless those who persecute you. Bless and curse not. What about somebody who does persecute you? Are you going to be quick to let them know how much you feel? Hello, somebody. You're going to speak your mind? You're going to continue to not only speak your mind to them, but to everybody else? You see, guard your heart, men and women of God. Bless them. Don't curse them. You see, this flips the script. Humility is power under control. Humility, that's exactly what this is. Humility is not saying I humble myself to you even though you hurt and offended me. You're persecuting me. No, humility is exactly what Jesus did. He's, he, the Bible says that he humbled himself to death even on the cross. 
that he submitted himself to death and persecution upon the cross. In other words, that was humbling himself, submitting himself, putting himself under. That's what humility is. You see, when you humble yourself to everyone else and you bless those that persecute you, you also bless God. You bless God by doing so. And the Bible says it's like pouring hot coals upon their head. Because it's almost like they don't expect it. The world says do this and do that. But you turn around and humble yourself. Trust me, I know these things work. I've had to do it in my secular jobs before. I've had to really just put that anger, that demon inside of me wanted to rise up. Hello, the flesh. And just pray. And begin to bless them. Telling them, hey, I'm sorry if I offended you in some way. And you continue to shower them with the love and forgiveness of God. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind. But associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Hello, somebody. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. You see, that's the thing is, is when you pay back somebody evil for evil, doesn't that make you evil? Don't be conformed to the pattern of the world. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. The last two verses of the chapter says, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in so doing, you will reheap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. Your director gives you 1,500 scriptures and you didn't even do something wrong? Tell him, director, thank you. May I have some more? <laughs> Ladies in the home, somebody touches and uses your makeup. I don't know how it is nowadays. We used to have to hold on to our toilet paper like gold. Hello, somebody. I've seen some fruits fall on people's lives, touching their toilet paper. But see, just like Pastor had spoken last Sunday about submission, the whole root of this is Paul is urging you, saying, listen, Presenting yourself as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God, means holiness is blamelessness. Holiness means blamelessness. You see, there's one principle that we also try to push and try to disciple in Victory Outreach is that of an accountability. You see, one thing you got to be careful about is always keeping your life above reproach. Guard your life, protect your testimony. You got to do all you can and be accountable wherever you go. 24 years later, I'm still accountable wherever I go. Because I know I've seen some powerful preaching men of God 
who were just taken out by the lies of the enemy. And sometimes maybe they weren't even in sin, but it was just because they allowed themselves to be in a place where they were not being accountable. We got to understand the principles that Victory Outreach is trying to do in our discipleship. Sometimes it's hard to swallow, especially after you finish the home and you go to the next level. Let me tell you something. Another level, another devil, Victory Outreach. But guess what? God is into raising up mighty men and women of God in Victory Outreach who are going to be able to go into other cities, into other countries. Why? Because we're in the pursuit of godliness. We're, we're, we're serious about the things of God. Listen, if you're serious and you want to be free, you got to pursue godliness. You got to understand that, listen, these principles of discipleship, they've been tried and true and God has raised up elders and founders and pioneers that have trailblazed this ministry for more than 50 years and guess what? The third wave is coming, Victory Outreach and the principles will not change but I see in the third wave a great thing happening. There will no longer be a separation of the God's anointed now generation and the men's home and the women's home but guess what there's a blending taking place why because there's going to be a third wave revival revival is blessed by what unity in the body of christ don't think too highly of yourself don't think that you're all that listen my friend we're all just slaves anyways we're all slaves to somebody or something we made a choice we didn't want to be a slave anymore to the devil we don't want to be a slave to the world anymore. Don't be conformed anymore. The devil's a liar, but his pants are always going to be on fire. Brought that one out the attic. Hello, somebody. But we in Victory Outreach, this is why we're serious about our discipleship. We're all up in your business. Why? Because we want to help you become godly and help you become what God has called you to be. Listen, God doesn't want you to be a lukewarm believer. God wants you to be on, on fire, a disciple who is sold and sold out for the power and the honor and the glory and the calling of God upon your life. If you are called to serve, then serve. If you're called to lead, then lead. If you're called to give, then give. But nevertheless, find your place and do what God has called you to do right here in Victory outreach heart of the bay god doesn't want just the pastors to begin to do all the work listen it's going to take some men who are all from the old school to get back into the new school hello somebody oh it's quiet on that one all the old schools are just sitting back and relaxing can i talk to my brothers and sisters here tonight eric's up here he's still doing it can i get an amen he said, I'm not going to stay and sit in the last row all the time. Hello. I'm not going to settle for third and fourth best. I'm going to be a part of the third wave revival. Listen, victory outreach. You're still a soul winner. You're still called to whatever your calling was before. It hasn't gone anywhere. The call of God is beyond reproach. I thought I was going to behave. Praise the Lord. Freedom. Liberty. And the pursuit of godliness. The Bible says that he who the Son sets free on the inside. Hello. Freedom ain't about the outward. Freedom ain't about what you're doing all the time. Because who you are 
is who you are on the inside. And you need to present it all. One of my favorite old school songs. Let me take a drink of water. There's a keyboard guy. One of my favorite old school songs that I learned in Ireland when we had only a, one guitarist. I went over to the library because I got tired of just one guitarist who knew only one tune. I went over to the library, checked out a book on how to play the piano. I still don't know how to play the piano. But did that stop me? No, I got up there two weeks later on the piano and I was like Charlie Brown, Alinus, or whatever his name was. Do, 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 do. Hello, somebody. Sooner or later, people started rising up. They want to see me on the piano no more. How many can say amen? All my hopes and dreams. Place them in your hands. You see, we got to come to the point where it's not our agenda any longer. My wife and I answered the call to go with our little baby. And I thank God because she's got a relationship with the Lord. Nothing else really matters. So everything else, she's got visions and dreams for her life. That's great. But the most important thing is, is that because when you go to the mission field, you always wonder, well, they're going to get better or bitter. But God has been amazing. I remember when we arrived in the city of San Pedro. We lived right up the street from a school. <clears throat> Beautiful Christian school. Amazing grace. We was living in a little tiny little room. You can literally touch one wall to the other, sitting in one place. <clears throat> but I seen this school and I said, you know, I, that school, I feel like I want my daughter to go there. And then I heard how much, I, I found out how much it cost. Hello, somebody. So she went like by the third or fourth grade. But little by little, I, God started ordaining because I prayed and I said, God, I want her to go there. And over the next couple of years, I came, became one of my best friends, a pastor there. Later on, I found out he was the owner of the school. And so God gave me favor and discount and everything else. But you see, when you put everything into God's hands, God always takes care of business. Sometimes we're trying so hard to take care of business on our own to pursue our own dreams and our own visions and our own destinies and it's a lot of hard work think about in the book of Genesis the judgment upon Adam his separation from God caused it to where the judgment was you'd have to work for what you eat before that he didn't have to it was provided he was the king of everything hello but now you see that caused separation from God so he lost his dominion but now that we are born again 
now that chapters 1 through 11 took place in Romans, now we are in dominion on this earth. When you live in godliness, you walk in dominion in godliness. Do you hear me? Think about it. You can't, it's not about naming and claiming, but it's about declaring that my God shall richly supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. That my God will keep me in safety and strength and health and he has called me according to his purpose as long as I'm presenting myself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto him. This is my acceptable act of service. Hello, somebody. And what it is is God begins to receive it as, as they would put, place the, the altar, they would put on the altar the sacrifices in the Old Testament. What it was atoning for was all of their sin. But guess what? Our sin is already been atoned hello somebody it's not about that now we live as living sacrifices why because we're grateful because he deserves it because there are more people in this world that have not yet tasted of the goodness of God can I get an amen stand to your feet tonight Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. You see, he gives in each to us a measure of faith. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't think more highly of yourself. Just be who God called you to be. Just be who God called you to be. Freedom and liberty has already been provided. It's up to you and I to realize we still need change. And the altar is the place where God changes us. The altar here in the church, some of you guys need an altar in your house. Some of y'all need to find that designated spot of prayer in your house. Renew and remind, renewing your mind, renewing your mind, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays or Thursdays, but renewing your mind on that altar, realizing I need more of you, Jesus. Let's worship the Lord, church. Come on, we have some time. Just worship the almighty God in this place. You are worthy.